when it comes to the issue of your destiny, it's not to be handled with casualties, with fun, and with play. Because the enemies are not taking things lightly. And the reason why burden comes is because burden wants to impede your growth, impede your movement, impede your progress. You cannot be burdened and you have liberty of expressions and liberty of movement. Those who are burdened, they become worried. And those who are worried, they are slowed down. They can't advance, they can't progress, they can't advance, they can't progress, they cannot move as strange to move, they should move because they are burdened. And once a yoke is on somebody's neck, termination is inevitable. In other words, yoke comes to strangle it, to terminate, and to put a stop to your movement. And I'm talking about this body now you quickly because you need to appreciate why God himself made available for you and I is anointing. God makes the anointing available because there are things that your natural um, skills will not handle for you. It's a good place to start this morning. Your beauty, your handsomeness, and your natural tendencies, and the things you can do just basically in the flesh will not be able to do all things for you. There are some things that will never happen to you until the power of God moves those things. And if you are living on this planet Earth and you are in the category of people who don't believe that the power of God exists, I came here to refresh your mind and to beg you in the name of God to open up. To open up. To be alive is because God's power has sustained you it too. The Sami understood this clearly and he said, I slept and I woke up because the Lord sustains me. What sustains me? The power of God sustains me. Look at it. Say, I will take off the body. I will take the yoke of you and I will ensure that the yoke stop existing. I will destroy the yoke because of the anointing. What is the anointing, people of God? The anointing simply means the power of God at work. It is the supernatural enablement of God to do well and succeed. It is that which comes from God that liberates you. The power of God. The anointing is the auction to function. It is the grace of God that removes disgrace. Are we in the building? It is the grace of God that changed our stories. It is the grace of God that defines our lives. It is the grace of God that brings about our loving destiny. You cannot walk in your loving destiny or your love destiny or your beautified destiny carrying yoke on your neck. I don't know where I came, but I said an anointing in this house destroying yokes. And once yokes are destroyed, movement is initiated. Right on the spot. Right on the spot. So, in other words, there are some people right here, concerning your studies, there are bodies and there are yokes. Concerning your ministry, there are yokes. Be open. When I was newly born again, I didn't pay too much emphasis on stuff like this. I didn't pay too much emphasis. And once, you see, and, and suddenly... I began to realize, as I began to grow in age, 
Stay with me. I began to grow in the realities of life circumstances. I began to realize that there are some things that will never move in your life until God's power move those things. And so if you're a child of God, who began early to understand the wisdom of God and the power of God, the greater and the quicker and the faster is your speed. Your speed becomes quicker, faster, because now you are operating from a two-double realm of establishment. You are not only limited to the wisdom of God, but you are equally activating the power of God. He said the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. In other words, I will cause you to be free. I will, I will give mobility to your head. Because your legs can never get to where your head is not. So in other words, you will never be able to get to where you have not been. And you need your head to move. You need your brain to move. This headquarters is what is functional for your functional advancement. And once it is strangulated, when it is stopped, then you cannot move again. Then the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointed. Watch what will begin to happen. There are many of us hearing my voice after this service. You will realize that the next one month of your life, you will see things you have never seen before. Why? Because right now you are introducing into your life the power of God. You are no longer sleeping, you are awake. Everything gets activated. Look at Psalm 110, verse 1 to 3. I want to be very open because my desire is to be able to push you to a place that you are crying for God's power. I don't. Psalm 110 verses 1 to 3. Everybody, including me, to the least person in this building, you are going to grish out for the power of God. You can't travel with yoke on your neck. You can't travel with burden of, uh, I mean, on your shoulder. You're going to get them off you and get your neck free. He said, the Lord said to my Lord, I'm reading to verse 3. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Till I make your enemies your footstool. That sounds very conscious, very intentional. That sounds like authority. That sounds like power. That sounds like an awareness. Pop down and please preach with me, please. Preach with me. That sounds like an awareness. An awareness that something is going on. Verse 1, something is going on. Pastor Robert, something is going on. You are the leader of this group. You are the CEO of this company. You are the mother of these children. You are the father in this house. You are living on this planet. And something is going on. And the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. I have a position with me till I make all your enemies. Your first two. Look at what God is talking about. God wants you to be in a place of dominion that your enemies are underneath. Failure underneath. Stagnation underneath. Limitations underneath. Troubles underneath. You see, when I read God's word, I just feel something. I've never smoked in my life and I'm not taking pride for it. I'm not condemning those who are smoking or who have smoked. If you are still smoking, God will deliver you. But I've never smoked, I've never drank. I'm not condemning those who are drinking right now because God will give you a new appetite. But sometimes when I read God's word, I feel I. Oh, I got you right there. You thought I was coming for you. Today is not your service. I'm just passing through your address. So for smokers and those who drink, I'm just passing through your addresses. I'm not coming for you right now. So I feel so high. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right and I make your enemies. I feel so important. That no creation further came to establish that. I'm going so away. Further came to establish that. That right now you are seated with Christ far above what? 
all principalities and power that tells you that there are enemies in operation. But there's also a provision with God that has elevated you far above them. That talks about power. Get off the fear. Get off the, of being scared. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make what? Your footstool. Picture it. What you are running away from, God expects you to be a thing that you are putting your leg on. You got it right there. The things you are crying about, you are running away from, God said, no, no, I have made them to be a provision for your, you to stand upon, to be your foot, to be your mat, your foot mat, your foot rug, your foot carpet. Till I make your enemies your first two. Look at the next, look at verse two. Look at verse two and three. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule where? So your rulership is not in a strange location. Your rulership is in the midst of the complaint of your enemies. So if you keep saying, Lord, I want to progress without enemies, you just pray the wrong prayer. Lord, I want to advance life without constraints, you just pray the wrong prayer. Lord, I want to progress and have established progress without contention. You just pray the wrong prayer. This is why somebody is going to leave this place as a successful fighter. You fought before you came here, but I came to remind that in Christ you have victory. And as you go back to keep fighting, you keep fighting from victory to victory. He said, root thou, come on now, in the midst of your enemies. In the midst of your enemies. I was talking to a particular pastor outside the show of Nigeria sometimes ago. I was in America and I said to him, do you know that people are talking about you and you got to wake up? He said, Pastor Paul, who spoke to you? I said, you got it wrong. Nobody spoke to me. I think in that consciousness. Nobody spoke to me. No, you see, you don't, you don't need to hear what people say before you know you have enemies. It's a root down in the midst of your enemies. That is scripture. That is scripture. Now, what a message like this does is that it sets you awake. Because while you are sleeping, the enemy came and saw what? Tears. Oh, what a service. It sets you awake. And no child of God should be defenseless. You should not be caught unaware. So while you are doing your thing, while you are exercising your intellectualism, while you are using your skills, while you are doing what you should do, look up here, you are also on a daily basis power activated. What I say? Power activated. You are power activated. And you are power activated so that when enemy comes, when you are not evil, I mean, aware, they meet power. They meet power. With power. <laughs> Praise God. Is there a rule down in the midst of the enemies? Look at verse 3. This is a good one. Verse 3 is a good one. Your people shall be what? Volunteers. Or willing in that day of what? Connect it. From where we are coming from. In the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning, you have the duel of your youth. In other words, I will take up the burden of your shoulder. I will take up the yoke of your neck. And I will go further to destroy the yoke and make it non-existent again because of my power, because of the anointing. And the reason I'm doing that is this, no power is activated, sorry, no life is activated without the power of God. So what God's power does is to 
bring you into activation. So I call God's power activator. It activates your potentials. It activates your dreams. Who is, who is rising up this morning? It activates your ideas. It activates your seed. It activates everything about your life. Activate. How do I know? He said, your people shall be willing. In that day of what? Of your power. So in other words, your helpers are sleeping because your power there has not come. So what makes your helpers to locate you is because you are in the day of power. Glory to God. Power, I mean, helpers begin to come. Interpreters of dreams begin to come. Your people shall be volunteers. Look up here. People can look at you for 10 years without helping you. And they have all the mix to help you. They have all the connection. They have the platforms. Oh, God, who is with me this morning? They have the connection. They have everything. They refuse to fight for you. They refuse to recommend you. They refuse to connect you. They refuse to talk well about you. When they're even talking about they keep quiet. They know you are not what they are saying, but yet they refuse to talk. You know why? You have not come to the days of your power. Because what caused men and what causes people to be activated, to become volunteers, to become really zealous, and to to come to your aid is because it's a power day. If I don't preach again, I'm fine. Either you are young or you are old, male or female. I believe God with you today. You are living this service to live in your power era. When you live in your power era, people want to help you. Willingly. No attached. They don't have to sleep with you before they help you. Your power era. They don't have to sleep with you before they give you the promotion and the elevation. People are coming from the north, south, west, and east to come to the church. But it's a power. Any church void of power will suffer willingness from people. You can't force men to help you. Can I please say this for me? The place of leadership. So you can all begin to appreciate the introduction and the infusion and the invasion of God's power into our different lives and systems. Listen carefully. Anyone you capture by slavery is only waiting for elaboration for freedom. So that's why I don't like leading people by coercion. I don't like it. I don't like people to be around me and they don't have a sense of their personal worth. Because whoever you deceive to lead you or you suppress to lead you, if you suppress people with money, it's just a matter of time. Once they give you natural freedom, they have left you. Oh, today is Mother's Day. Can I come to all the mothers here? If you think that because you are so privileged and you are using your privileges to maltreat people, before your tears multiply, can I want you ahead? It's all about time. Because you don't know who is really following you until they are all free. If you didn't hear anything in the school of leadership, hear that one. You don't know who is following you until he can feed himself, he can sponsor himself, he can do things without you physically engaged. So if there's not need your school, I mean money from you to pay school fees, there's not need money from you to run his visions, there's not need anything from you to travel around the world, there's not need any financial assistance or physical assistance from you, and he's still following you, then you have found a true follower. So if you're an African person and adulatory in conception, and your concept about life and leadership is still domineering, you are missing it a great point, because in the day of God's power, people get willing. So I say to God, if this is the reality, can you please help me, Lord? Can you what? Can you please help me, Lord? 
to stay perpetually in the days of your power. So in other words, what I saw 10 years ago, I am so sure I will see it right now. What I'm saying right now, I'm sure I will see it in the next 30 years because I am perpetually in the day of God's power. Oh, it's blessed my spirit. The, the power of God is an activator. It activates your life and sets everything alive and in motion. It sets everything alive and in motion. It sets your career alive. It sets your career in motion. It sets your job. It sets everything about you. It, it, including your body system. Are we together here? There is nobody hearing my voice today. And after today's service, you will complain about the deadness of your body cells. When the power of God hits your body system, the cells in your body system start working. It sets them alive. They call you impotent. No, sir. With the power of God, impotency tongues to active, tongues, I mean, fertile. Are you in the building? You say, oh, I have a patch of deafness. When the power of God comes upon you, the patch of deafness receives life and becomes active one more time. It's an activator. It sets everything. Both animate and inanimate. Do you know that, please, I'm not trying to be very too extreme with my emphasis this morning. The power of God can set your engine alive. I know you have told yourself nothing can ever happen. It has to be mechanical. God, Pastor Paul, you're talking about engine. Don't be too extreme in your emphasis. Hey, I'm not extreme. I'm just telling you what can happen. Because with the power of God, God can cause an horse to speak. With the power of God, God can stop the moon and the sun to stand still. With the power of God, God can split the rest of part into two. Because the power of God is in operation. Can I hear you this morning? And listen carefully. Power belongs to God. He's, he holds power. He's the custodian of power. He's aware. He's so powerful because he owns power. God is not a title carrier. He's a power himself. Not a title carrier. The Bible says to us in Psalm 62 verse 11. Help me please. That God has spoken once. And twice have I heard that power belongs to God. Absolutely true. Power belongs to God. Many people, they are carrying title. No, God is not referred to as being powerful. He's powerful. He owns all the power. Jesus spoke very profoundly. He said, behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. And all the power of the enemies, and nothing shall by any means alter. That is his position. He gave us his status free of charge. In other words, the same power in which he's operating in and operating with, he released to us because he asks you to give it. What you don't have, you can't give. He asks you to give it. You see this carefully. You see, as I'm preaching right now, I saw somebody who is extremely touched, who is gifted in the natural. But God says, I should tell you, watch out. In the next three to six months of your life, God will exceed your skillfulness and exceed your natural tendencies and qualifications. And it begin to cause things to happen in your life and you can attribute to his power at work. I'm telling you. I was in the building. It's power at work. It's power at work. Power belongs to God. He owns it. He owns it. 
And the reason why God relinquishes and releases power to you as a human vessel is that you can be able to do three things among, I mean, three things that almost summarize everything in life. God releases power so you can be able to serve him. Say serve. So you can be able to please him. And number three, where I'm focusing more this morning, you can be able to progress and prosper in life. So you know that Apostle Paul, you, oh yes, if you ask Apostle Paul, he will tell you. Apostle Paul was so confused, my God, and he was so perplexed about his life that he called himself a wretched person. He said, what a wretched man am I? He said, because the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing those stuff. And those things I wish I could do, I feel myself so deprived of not doing those things. He said, what a wretched man am I? But thanks be to Jesus. Who saved me, who delivered me. So in other words, in his conundrum state, and it's a conflict state, or in his, in his battle state, in his struggle state, and he has lost control of himself. Oh my God, I'm preaching well. He has lost control of himself. Some, some people are right here hearing my voice. You have lost control of yourself. You don't know why you are lying. You don't feel like lying any longer. You don't know why you are still fornicating and jumping from one man to another man. You don't want to do it any longer. You don't know why you are stealing. You don't know why you are doing some stupid things. You don't know why you are doing things that are not making you happy, but you are still perpetually locked up in your struggle. But the power of God can break that yoke. The redemption has such available power that once you are connected to Christ, an appetite dies. It's called the power of God. Don't, please, 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 don't commonize that. Don't commonize it. There's power packaging redemption. When Jesus said, I do always the things that please him. Eh? He's talking from the place of empowerment and endowment and enablement. You know, you cannot serve God in the flesh. To serve him, to please him. There is power for service. There is, there's, there is something you have received from heaven that just keep you loving God and serving God. Loving God and serving God. Loving God and serving him. And listen to me. Media, be ready for me now. And there is something that comes on you because the power of God that helps you to prosper. You can be educated and still not prosper. You can be well trained in your skills and still not progress. The Tahulam chapter 8 Verse 11 to 18. Verse 11 to 18. The Tarlomi, please, chapter 8. Verse 11 to 18. I want to pay attention. He said, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his status, which I command you today. Let's run a bit. Lest when you have eaten and have food, um, I've built beautiful houses and dwell in them. It shall come to pass if I know you're there. Come on now. It shall come to pass if I know you're there. He said, when your life is so much evolved, and you've come to a place that breakfast is not your headache, notch, not your headache. What to wear is not your headache. Where to live, what to drive. And your business are doing very well. Let's continue for starting. He said, and when your arms and when your eggs and your eyes and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied for rain, and all that you have is multiplied. Look at you today. 
You have more clothes to wear. You have more jewelry to put on. You have more stuff to get done. Your staff, your members of staff are multiplying. Your company is doing very well. Things are just going on well with you. Is that when all this thing begins to happen, do not lose sight. Don't become insensitive to what is behind the workings. Let's find it out. Let's find it out. What is it that's behind the workings? When your heart is lifted up, you have to pray against this. And you forget the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. In other words, God seeks your exodus as him involved. And unfortunately, either you are young or you are old, there is something I call the danger of success. And what the success does in this dangerous situation is to make you to quickly forget God. Somebody who has been coming to church every Sunday without missing it. Every midweek service doesn't mean it. All departmental functions that, is, that it belongs or she belongs, always integrated, always committed, and suddenly the story turns and everything about it begins to go low. There is tendency to forget. Are you prayed? Are you fasted? Are you gave? How you are so dedicated? Sources have a way of slowing things down when it comes to you and God. I think I should just spend another 30 seconds on that. It does not matter whether you are 40 years old or 50 years old or 70 years old. You can be in your 20s and come into great success and your fire and your intimacy with God suddenly becomes cold. When the things that bothered you doesn't bother you again because you have gained victory over it, it can affect you. And at that point, your sense of judgment is no longer balanced. You, you are now seeing what you did. You see your effort. You see your penetrative skills. You see your discipline. You see your natural abilities. You begin to see what you do in the natural and it begins to slow down. That is your greatest place of battle. You've got to fight that moment that there is no thing you become in life that downplay the place of God. You know why? Inside that place is the power of God residence. He said that you forget the Lord that brought you out of Egypt, brought you out of Mushiolosha, brought you out of Ajegonle, brought you out of Idioro, Diaraba, brought you out of those things and those places. Most of us, you are so shy to take people to your various homes. And you don't need to become extraordinary multi-billionaire in dollars before you begin to forget those things. Now you are changing your shirt every Sunday. You're already playing down. Now you are even looking good. You don't have minus in your account, but just that you are now better than before. You're already forgetting. Success is sweet, but it's equally dangerous. Look at it. Look at it. He said, be careful. He said, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which you have feared serpents and scorpions and thirsting and where there was no water? Who brought water for you out of the flinty rock? How many of you have been in this situation before? I have been here before. Lord, how will I do my life? How will Sunday morning even hold? As a pastor, there were many years ago, there was times many years ago, that, Lord, I have no idea how I will even run Sunday morning service. 
Once in a while, I come to church these days, I don't even think about Sunday morning offering. I don't think about it. But at the time, it's like how we will buy few. How we are going to do this. As little as few for generator is many years ago. It was, wow, will it happen? So when the Bible is talking like this, don't think it's talking about when you get to that awesome situation or awesome state in life and you are now more than done go to the richest man in Africa. You are more than the richest woman in Africa. No, 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 no. You are not the governor of, the, of a state or the president of a nation. No. Even from your little comfort conversion, your little state of conversion that you are not in a comfort, the possibility is that is why the church is not cold. That is why, see, you know I'm spending time on this. That is why there is no more power in your body, no more power in your life, no more power in your family because you have come to a place of comfort and your comfort has now become the enemy of your power crave. Look at the next verse. He said, it brought you out of all of these things. Where you couldn't speak English, where nobody wants to even identify with you. Nobody will like to take a picture with you. He said, We'll fade you in the wilderness with manna, where you have no idea how your nest may come from. Your, your, your meal, your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, they are always a miracle, which your father did not know. And he might humble you that he might test you to do good in the end. Look at verse 17 and 18. Very key, very important. Then you say in your heart, be careful this day doesn't come. That my power and the might of my hand have given me this wealth. So when you are teaching about wealth creation, at the end of your point, please, don't forget this. Every time you teach on wealth creation, entrepreneurship, charging people to be better in life, never end them in motivational speaking. God delivered me from it and he stole me from entering to that error. Never. He said, never. Because verse 18 is key, you shall remember that your conversion is not your might, it is power. Verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God. Why will I keep remembering him? I was converted by him, sustained by him. And my continuity is in him. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you what? Power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is these days. God is a God of integrity. And the reason he's going to prosper you and cause you to progress is to be able to substantiate perpetually the covenant he made with your forefathers. And he will get that done by giving you his power. So, 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 God needs you more wealthy than you think you need it. Are we in the better place? God needs you to progress than you think you need it. There is a statement God wants to make. There's an establishment God wants to do. He wants to show the world that he called you. And he is by himself. All by himself. And it's God. And without him, there is nobody. And I said, listen carefully, you will not need to rely on your strength to do all things. You will need my power. You shall remember it is the Lord your God that gives the power to get well. Power. So every second, please, wrong with that mentality. The reason you are where you are is because of God's power that's working your life. The ultimate, because the ultimate language, listen to this, 
The ultimate language, restrictions, constraints that enemies understand is the power of God. The ultimate language they understand. Stiff oppositions, restrictions, and enemies. <laughs> the ultimate language you understand is the power of God. And, I, and as I'm speaking right now, I see a trip happening in the spirit for somebody. And God is invading the spirit realm over your life. And every stiff restrictions and oppositions, by his power, they are hereby subdued. I, I thought we have more than three folks in the building. I expect a roaring response from everybody. The ultimate language that restrictions, oppositions, oppressors, and enemies understand is part of God. And when that power comes on you, it activates everything. God's power is an activator. Somebody, you are here, you are already giving up on life. Listen carefully. God's power will revive you. Amen. There is a revival within that you need. And as a testimony is without, that revives you. <laughs> what is in the building? You need both. You need the revival within. And what again? Testimonies without. Now, if you'll be very honest with me, how many of you have had some testimonies and the following weeks you're on fire? Okay, I'm just telling you my story. In case you don't want to be real with me, let me be real. I'm on fire by the grace of God. My fire will never go out in Jesus' name. But there are some testimonies that happen to me the following week. Ah, I'm on fire. <laughs> so every child of God needs both. You need self-driven by the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside. And you need testimonies to continuously drive you on fire. If you pretend about those two, you are lying, man. I've been around for a while. The inside is stronger than the outside. In case the outside testimonies are not happening on time, you are still on fire, right? You are still going. But if you are going to perpetually keep going, on a very stronger level, you need a lot of testimonies outside. So testimonies are a revival in redisplay. That's why I said that testimonies, I mean, the power of God is what an activator. It activates everything around you to be working. When, when somebody is working in progress perpetually, it is said it's in a revival. Are you hearing me? I'm, I'm teaching you where. It is said it's in a revival. It's the revival. You want to go to school? You are going to school. Restrictions are subdued. Opposition, subdued. subdued. You graduated. You want to get a job? You get a job. You are looking for a contract. You got contract. Oppositions, restrictions, subdued. Then your life becomes so interesting. Your life becomes a book everybody wants to read. It's institution everybody wants to study. It's so awesome. It's so inspiring. It's so magnetic. It's so attractive in nature. I'm not describing somebody's destiny going forward. And what makes it so is the power of God. It's the power of God. The power of God will make men to live in astonishment all the days of their lives. They say, excuse me, we can't understand why this guy is this progressive. What's going on? There is something called higher that is at work in your life. It's the power of God. Are you seeing the building right now? It's what? The power of God. Look at this one, Psalm 66, 1 to 7. Oh, this is beautiful. And I share a few things and we close. Psalm 66, like a lightning. Psalm 66 of Psalm. 
He said, make a joyful shout, 1 to 7. Make a joyful shout to God of all the earth. Sing out the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Can you see that? But how can we sing when we are powerless? How can we sing when the power of God is activated? He said, the reason we are doing verse 1 of us, look at verse 3. Say to God, how awesome are your works? Oh, are you still with me? Are you ready to what I'm saying this morning? You are revived by the Holy Ghost on the inside, and there are testimonies called awesome works of God. Oh, say to God, how awesome are your works? Through the greatness of your power, your enemies are what? Submit to you. So because the enemies have been subdued, there is liberty for the work of God in your life to be visibly expressed. There is liberty for progress. I'm creating an appetite on your inside to go for power. Verse 4. The enemies are subdued. They are there. But what they understand is power, not skills. Not Queen's English. If it's about Queen's English, this is your nice spoken English will have given you a lot of breakthrough. I met one lady of recent. And when she spoke to me, I oh my God, I just I couldn't hide. I said, You speak well. I couldn't hide it. I said, Lady, you speak well. Very fine girl spoke on English. But many a times it does not translate to breakthrough. This is why there is jealousy and envy everywhere around the world. You are joking. You thought that envy is only in your family, it's everywhere. You thought that envy is only in your own tribe and in your own region, in your own local locality, in your own state. You see, if I go to if I go to America, nobody knows me, nobody envies, nobody be envious of me. Can I clap to your foolishness? You will be surprised that if we're in the state, you don't talk to any human being, just seeing the way you are coming in and going out, and they can perceive the grace of God and the workings of God's power upon your life, giving you results, you attract enemies right on the spot. The reason for envy and hatred is that there's something working in your life they can understand. Why we must... That's why, you see, some people, they go too low. They go too low. Is God sending him to somebody right now for his emotions to be well handled? You don't go too low in life. Who is he? He's a pastor. How old is he? 22 years. Pastor, 3,000 people. I've been a pastor for 20 years. You are going low. Envy has caught up with you. Bitterness has residence in your heart. Don't go too low. Look at her. She's not even fine. Look at her leg. How come she got that beautiful guy as a husband? You're going too low. You're going too low. The power of God is the grace of God at work. The power of God is the mercy of God in display. And sometimes, when God's power is at work in people's life, or in a person's life, it gives you what you don't qualify for. And you can shed tears in acknowledgement. I didn't get all this thing by my power. It is this grace that made available unto me. Because it will not always be by your mind, by your strength. It will always be according to chapter 4, verse 6. Not by power, not by mind, but by my spirit seeks the Lord. It will not always be by those stuff. Where are we, my dear? 
Verse 4. Where are we? He said, all the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Why are they singing? Verse 3. Look at it. Verse 4 happens because verse 3 is in display. Verses 1 and 2 happen because verse 3 is in display. Verse 2, we are thanking God, we are praising God. Please stay with me. This is going to be revolutionary for you. You see, when I see a choir leader or a choir person or a backup folks in the church, our church or anywhere in the world, if I look at the tempo, the intensity, the magnitude, the impact of the administration, I can tell those of them or how many of them or who among them always experience God. Not on a theoretical level. If your life is theoretical, you lose impact, you lose anointing, you lose connection. The greatest connection with others in life is your experiences. Your experiences. If you come to sing about healing right now and God has healed you of something that scared you to death, you come with an anointing. You come what? I'm telling you what I know. If you almost gave up in the real sense of it, not the lips form of it, you are suppressed. Something precious, something diamond, something gracious, something wonderful, something life-determined, something destiny-connected. And you almost gave up on those stuff, and suddenly God came through for you. When you come to sing here, but don't give up, you come with the anointing. So we can connect with you because we are coming from the place of experience. And what God's power does that helps our worship and our praise is because verse 3 is in existence. Is that true? The greatness of your power. The enemy shall submit. And anyway, how awesome are your works? I see your works because you subdue the enemies. Anyways, we were told where we read earlier on that we should go and rule in the midst of our enemies. With too much enemies, too much obstructions, too much constraints, too much difficulties. Now I'm in rulership, I'm in leadership, I'm in dominion then your worship cannot be stopped. You keep worshiping God. You keep praising God. Look at verse 5 and 6 and 7. So we can, I can close the service. Look at 5, 6, 7. He said, come and see the works of God. He is awesome in his doing toward the sons of men. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. After today, you'll be glad to tell me, come and see. Amen. Your amen is not loud enough and convincing enough. He said, come and see, come and see how he turned my case around. Come and see how he gave me children after waiting for seven years. Come and see how he gave me a good job after wondering and I couldn't tell how I will really get a good job. Come and see how he has given me a voice. I used to be voiceless. Come and see. Come and see how we can tell you because now the power of God is at work. Look at it. Look at it. Oh, God of heaven. He turned the sea to dry land. They went through the river on foot. They are we will rejoice in him. Verse 7. Because God's power has activated things and things are happening. Now we can praise God. He rules by his power forever. I thank God I didn't skip for 7. I thank God I was patient enough to take you in reading of the scripture to this verse 7. Verse 1 and 2, we are praising God. 3, suggested to us the reason for his awesome words was because his enemies were subdued. Verse 4 talks about, oh, we return to praise. 5 and 6 said, come and see God's work. And 7 said, listen carefully. All these things will be sustained by his power. We will keep seeing the awesomeness of his work because his power will continue to work. He rules by his power forever. His eyes observe the nations. Do not let the rebellious exalt themselves. So God keeps humbling the rebels. 
He keeps humbling the, the rebels, rather. He keeps humbling the rebels and he keeps humbling the people who are arrogant, who are diabolical, who are occultic, who are principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. He keeps humbling them because he keeps ruling with his power. Can I be honest with you? I'm a little bit about faulty biologically. I have never been to a hospital since I gave my life to Christ. Never. Never. Don't look at me like that, never. 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 After today's service, you will no longer go into oblivion because of attacks. As the enemies are coming, God is causing you to rise above your enemies. Amen. Your work, your business will never get stagnated again because of attacks. Amen. He said, you'll rule forever. With what? Are we together? He rules forever by his power. He rules by his power forever. So forever is power determined. Continuous success Continuous rulership, continuous assistance, continuous progress is power determined. Power determined. Can you see why we are craving for power in all areas, both spiritual and otherwise? You see why there, are, there were talks and all kinds of stuff that happened across our 28 states out of the 36 states that participated in the gubernatorial election yesterday. It was a crave for power. It was a crave for power. Crave for authority. Many of them who were on the ballot paper, most of them, they, were, they are not financially poor. Many of them are not suffering from lack of breakfast, not dinner. Many of them are not struggling from insufficiency of funds to pay their bills. But they are looking for power. Few of them have the real heart to serve the nation or serve their state. But majority of them I was in the building here. Power. <laughs> Many will do anything to get power. Somebody will sacrifice his mother and give no opportunity to celebrate a mom or his mom on the mother's day because he or she has released his or her mom to get power. Many have killed their children before they even saw life for power. I like the way you're looking at me. These are the things happening. Some have carried their child. Some have turned their children to imbeciles by flitting danger on their health in exchange for power. And why do they need that power? Because they want to make money or make life going nowhere for them. Are we the building? And God is thinking that you don't need to go for alternatives. You have the originality. With me, it's the power of God. And God promised us this power in Acts 1 verse 8. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost come upon you. And then you shall become what? A witness unto me. Now, see, look at all I've said this morning. God then said, listen carefully, I have the power. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, 
in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. I will make you a witness. I will make you an evidence. I will make you progressive. I will make you a champion. I will make you relevant because I also have the power that you might be looking for or anybody could be suggesting to you. God gave us a blessing and somebody is contending with that blessing. Do you know how I've been feeling for the last one week? <laughs> Sometimes you don't understand why people are, are, are why people compromised. An addiction to your destiny possession that the, somebody that somebody else is trying to take off you can press you if you don't know God enough to take other things. The father, someone does not want you to get to where you should get to in life, can press you. But the devil is a liar. God power is available. In Ephesians 3 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask, or what? Not by him come as a visitor. You have been quoting this scripture. Let me give you a very simple perspective in 10 seconds. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ever what? Ask or think. In your thinking is committed. Why you are asking is committed. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above. That is capacity. According to what, sir? That what? Him coming to you. So in other words, God said, I give you power. And if you can activate the power on your inside, I have the ability to exceed your expectations. That tells you how God concludes great power. He's so powerful that he puts it out of you. That all you have to do is just stay, get, get it up. Stay awake with it. Get activated. And as you activate this power, I come on the show. I come on the show. I come on the show. This week, you can determine your promotion. See now. I thought you were with me. This week, I what? This week, you can locate your space and get in there. If you know how to use this power very well, not against yourself, you don't allow your flesh to take over, you can call your husband to come now. You know, you know, you know why I gave you that warning? Because you may see a man that is very handsome, but it's not your husband by destiny. So if he comes, once his eyes is opened, he will leave you. Don't you know there are many ladies who are using charm to get men? Can we talk? We're talking about power. So nobody is safe. Except those who are saved. Except you are saved in Christ Jesus and you know it. It's what, it's what I'm talking about. This power, you can use it. See, I can use it. See, I can activate it to exceed my expectations. I remember many years ago when I was hearing teaching about power like this. Sometimes I said, Lord, I need money. And I will enter that realm. Don't be scared. You see, when you start using power, you'll be scared. Though. But I said, I will close by giving you just three things. Don't be scared. Use it. Because once you don't use it, you won't grow in it. You grow in power. You grow in power. That should be another topic another day. Growing in power. You grow in power. So what do I do? You must crave for power. Can I hear crave? Just, just preach with me now, Daniel, because of my time. You must crave for 
Psalm 63. Now, I've talked about power briefly. You must crave for it to see progress that is attached to it. Psalm 63, verse 1 to 3. Oh God, ah, you are my God. Can you see? I'm deliberate emphasizing it. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul asked for you. My flesh, what? Where, sir? In my current situation that is dry and thirsty, everything about me is craving. <laughs> Hunger is the key to power. If you go through this the next seven days without being hungry, you have not attended this service. Hunger is the key to power. If you want it, you'll be desperate for it. If you want it, you'll be desperate for it. Those that are hungry for power get power and they leave others behind. Look at two and three. <laughs> so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see what your power and your glory I'm all out. Number two, what do you do? You believe in power. What did I say? You are hungry for power and you believe in power. <laughs> Is God's power available at all? Abundantly available, sir. Show me. No, you experience it. Testimonies can prove to you that you exist, but you experience it. And by this time next Sunday, you will see God's power at work. God's power is available for all things. It helps you to make sales, helps you to grow, helps you to progress, helps you to overcome the enemies. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And you must believe this. Are you not going to believe this? Believe this. Believe this. Oh, my God. Somebody's untouchable right here. Who is that person? Somebody's unmolestable right there. One of my daughters said, told me sometimes ago that somebody looked at her and said, people are scared of you. It's a good compliment. They shouldn't be pounding yam on your head at all times. But not at, at no time, sir. At no time, my dear. They look at her and they're pounding yams on you. Look at me. There are some of you here. I don't know if you're in this side, but when you live here, people will call you in their closet they will suffer the reproach and they will come and repent to you in the public. Amen. That we, we, we start thinking bad about him and we, everything just ceased. And God that want to help them by grace. Some will not even know it if they die. So because the mercy of God wants to, want to help them, their hearts are just opened. The reason you are stagnated is because you are causing that, Pastor Paul. Are you still in the building? Am I still relevant to you this morning? Yes, Do you think you came to the evidence church? Yes, <laughs> you, because you believe in power, it exists. They may take it to pull it down, but they can't get it done. They can't get it done. And number three, this is very important. You pay the prices for power. You pay what? Prices for power. You pay prices for power. 
Luke 24, verse 49. Behold, I say the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. I gave you the promise, but don't move an inch. Tarry. The word tarry means wait in price payment. Don't misunderstand what wait. Some believers are waiting, doing nothing. To wait for God means you are paying the prices for what it takes to get it done. You are paying the price for what it takes to have it. Wait for your turn means you are patiently paying the prices until your turn comes. Your turn will never come if you are waiting in emptiness. The same thing about power. You pay the prices for the power. He has promised the promise. I mean, he has promised the power. He has promised the Holy Spirit. Then you and I must wait for it in price payment. So every believer must daily be paying this price. And I tell you the price, and I and I close. Daily what? Please stay with me. This is not a club. It's God's house. You are a believer, not a APC member. Or Labour Party member or PDP member. You are not an Abga. You are not Democratic or Republican. You need power to excel and you must pay the prices. If you want it, pay the price. <laughs> Somebody saw me lucky on Thursday and said, I like this no car you are driving, but I want Rolls Royce for you, Pastor. The difference between what I'm driving now and the Rolls Royce he wants for me is price. Does that make any sense? You want it, it's available. What do you do? Sometimes when I fly aircraft and I see those who are flying a status I'm yet to be flying, I said to myself, the difference is what? I like you are looking as we close. The power is available, sir. But we must all pay price. Number one price to pay is the price of salvation. You can't be seeking for God that has power without securing him first. If you are joking with your salvation, then you are joking with power. As many as believed him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Joshua, sorry, I'm about John. 1 verse 11 to 13. I just quoted verse 12 of it. John chapter 1 verse 11 to 13. I quoted just verse 12 of it. He came to his own. Let's, let's, let's take it. He came to his own and his own refused him. His own did not receive him. He came to his own and his own said, who are you? Power came, they neglected. Future came, they despised. It's a choice. What I'm preaching this morning is a choice. It's either you believe that God is available or not, or you make a choice to start operating in power. Can I hear you? It's power. Sir, I don't know what Anything and everything you touch from today shall be activated. Yeah. In the 
day of God's power, my people shall be willing. Power is an activator. As you turn to face your destiny this new week, Elpas will be activated. They will say to you, we'll be looking at you, but now we are ready to work with you. In the name of Yeshua. Verse 2. Therefore, to them, but as many, say as many, it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. As you see, to them, he gave the right to become. That right means power to those who believe in his name. Verse 13. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Their dad and their mom came together, but that was not the reason why they are living. They are not living on a superior understanding. What I got now? Every time something happens, you are quoting your daddy. No wonder you are limited. Every time something happens, you are quoting your mom. I know some married women here today is Mother's Day who are still quoting their mother in their marriage. They want to cook soup. They say, oh, my mother, the way she cooks, let me come on. And there are still many baby husband, baby father. Not the baby mama, baby, 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 everything. They are still, I, me, I don't even have a father to call. I don't even have what? No wonder I'm one way traffic. Thank you, my daughter. No wonder. I have no father to call. The reason you have not grown, you are calling too many people. Face this thing. Face this thing. Live a superior life. It's like we are talking about those who have escaped the natural definition of their existence. No blood. Those who have left the natural what definition of their existence. Those who are not operating by the mundane of the natural things. I have no natural father to call. I grew up with unusual training. Now you don't call your father in this prison. See my calamity. See my situation. See my dilemma. So I am not used to calling spiritual father too. I am not used to it. I am not even used to go to their offices. I am not used to chasing them like as if I'm, I'm in need. I am so trained to connect to their grace and their teachings. Does that make any sense? Yeah. What I've been looking for go, I mean, to do in my life for a while, something happened and it happened. It's my connection. And I was in a place again. Someone said, I can take you there next Tuesday. My spirit, I was, you know, that is, I'm not looking for identification. I said, no, 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 no. Not now. At the right time, I will call you, you will consolidate, but not now. Because you've got to live beyond. It's the reason why many of us are not living in power and working in power, we are too used to, this very carefully, used to indomie, babyish lifestyle. Everything that happens to you, you must call somebody. You must call somebody. When people say that, I don't have a father, I don't have a mother. It's a lie, yo. They are looking for who they will be calling. For mundane issues. There are some people now, 
If you cause them, they should give an egg boot. I came to the house, and then when, when, when my husband came, he said he doesn't like the cook, the, the soup I cook. <laughs> Mommy, <laughs> your mommy should give you a boot. I'm telling you. And he said, you are, you are not my mother in the Lord, you are not my mom. You. He said, why? Well, I have no mother to call. I can be calling you now. No. Having spiritual parents or biological parents is not for babyish issues. It's for higher life. It's for what? Higher life. Higher life. Higher life. It's a serious minded terrain. What a joy way. He said, These are not guys who are still living in the natural way of existence. Men. Who are not born of the will or the flesh of men, or by flesh, or by natural consents. They are born of God. So salvation, sir, carries power as its package. Be aware of it. Be what? And pay solid attention to it. Pay solid attention to it. Number two is consecration. Is the price Payment for power. Psalm 24, verse 3 to 6. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands. I wish you can help me. And has have a pure heart. So I can be fast. 3 to 6. Who has clean hands and a pure heart? Who has not lifted up his soul to an idol? Not sworn deceitfully. I know he didn't fornicate. I know he did not do those things. Could you please keep quiet and pay attention to other details? It does not start and hangs with only sexual practices. It has other details. You got to be a balanced, concentrated believer before you can flow freely in the power of God. I lied when you are looking at me. Give it to me. Verse 4. Is your hands clean? Are your hands clean rather? Are you lawyer? Are you celebrating alternative? You can't be claiming you are here for God's power and yet you are looking for that power. Do you have clean hands? A pure heart. Some people, their hearts are not just pure. People have to be warning me, I've been cautioning me, I've been cautioning me, both the question and caution. Some people, God used them to come to my head because my pure heart is not thinking anything. I go together. He said, no, no, Pastor, but no, no, no. The way these people are talking, be careful about them. They are not as pure as your heart is pure. It's difficult in today's world to see people whose hearts are and God will not invest his power in you if your heart is impure. Some people, what they are waiting for in their lives is power for a change of story. You will see their character. So sometimes God will be careful to invest power and put so much power than on wedding vessel. Consecration. Sexually purified, pure hearts, clean hearts. No option, no alternative. Look at verse 4. No alternative. 
No arrogance. He who has clean arms and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. Hey, let me, only a parable He can lie and a dead man will rise up. He will swear by his father, by his mother. And he's looking for God's power. Verse 5 and 6, please. Some people are locked up in selfishness and are looking for God's power. You shall receive, when you have this consecration, he said, then you shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Yes, verse 6. This is Jacob. The generation of those who seek him will seek your face. So he's seeking God's face. We are seeking him with total consecration. That we can have his blessing. What is his blessing? His power, his enablement. It is the black sin of the law that make it rich and added no sorrow. So God's blessing is God's power that makes men. Are you still in the building here? You will be a dangerous vessel if God fuels with his power and you have no consecration. Too much money without consecration. Too much anointing without consecration. You will spoil the choir and destroy the choir. You are anointed, you can sing, you have everything, but you lack consecration. You can be so dangerous with, with, with power without consecration. So we must pay the power, I mean pay the price of consecration. The third price we must pay is price of exclusion. 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 And this week, I'm challenging to be to travel on exclusion. Exclusion means you are retreating to a lifestyle of retreat. Retreat to the world. Retreat to prayer. Retreat to fasting. Retreat to worship. Retreat. Look at Mark chapter 1 verse 35 to 39. Please. I am not talking about you having just a rush and adrenaline in your vein and you stop. Have a sustainable lifestyle of exclusion. Sustainable lifestyle of exclusion. Learn to practice it. Learn to walk in it. Now in the morning, I've been reasoning a long while before daylight. He went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he did what? He prayed. And God showed me, my daughter, he showed me something. Let's see. He showed me something. He excluded himself, Bumi, and he prayed. He secured power in the early day, early hour of the day. Look at what happened. Six, seven, eight, nine. See what happened. See what happened. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. Pastor Shea. I've been preaching this thing. Please, I hope you are paying attention. You can't be too available and be relevant. Scarcity is the rule of the game. Familiarity watered down your value. His own close aides and they were searching for him. <laughs> sir, sir, now that God is helping us to do lucky installation at this place, and I'm really at the center of the two works, I understand what I'm talking to you now. You see, if care is not taken, all eyes look at you while you're making your notes. If you don't hear this thing, I would be unhappy. I want to be able to hear this thing. Let me tell you. Life will soon praise you so much. On legitimacy. That you will really have time to pay the prices for power. 
and you will and you will almost be feeling guilty. What I'm teaching you requires a fight to sustain. Your children need your attention. Your wife needs your attention. If you still have parents, they need your attention. Everybody needs your attention. And you must pay the ultimate price that will sustain all of them. I'm sharing my life. I'm a very vulnerable pastor. And if you keep going around the circle, satisfying your wife 100%, satisfying your mother 100%, satisfying everybody 100%, and they are not trained, either by you training them or they come to that maturity, that they have to release you to pay the prices required for the ultimate blessing that will be blessed to them, they will grow you dry. And once you are run dry, you are useless. I'm preaching well. See, I know why you are clapping like this. Because I know it's affecting you already. Because the person you need attention is telling you I need to pay the prices that is required for us to be fine. Say, Pastor, ah, you have come to endorse them now. I'm being honest with you. You have to train them and they have to come to maturity. They must learn how to release you. Any member or members that want their pastor 24 hours attention, you are undoing him. You must release him. For exclusion. Why does he look at the next verse? After Christ did this, Pastor Adon, look at the next verse. Look at it. Look at it. You see, when they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for here is response. Everyone is looking for you. Yeah, where did you go to? I went to pray. Don't be shy. Don't package it. Where did you go to? I need to meditate. You will thank me tomorrow. I need to meditate. He said, I need to talk to you later. I want to meditate. Meditation at that time is more important than any other thing. Don't feel inferior. Don't feel less. Establishing what gives you greater result. That gives you what others need. As far as I'm not lying, I need to meditate. I need to pray. This is no value. I'm your mother. Mommy, I will come. Let me meditate. I'm your wife. Please, give me some time. Have your children, dad. Hold on, hold on, children. Teach them, train them. They must grow to understand that too. Whoever is drawing from you that is not encouraging you to go and take more is your, is your enemy. It's a parasite. If you're a leader now, they want you, they are drawing, drawing. And nobody's encouraging you. Sir, I have some books for you, sir. Sir, oh, go with episode. Let's talk to your leader, your spiritual leader. Don't say, Pastor, go and pray more. No. That would be an insult. Ah, Papa, you're a blessing to us. I'm so grateful. If I have testimonies, your last message, your last word. Thank you so much, Papa. Thank you, sir. I'm just asking that the Lord will grant you more grace to spend more time to pray. The Lord will grant you more grace, sir, to study more Bible. When you preach like this, I'm always blessed. Sir, I know God will give you more time to study. A wise pastor don't catch up. Then, when you leave, he's encouraged. Then he starts studying more. That means you are releasing him to get more from God. And everywhere, look at it. Everyone was looking for him. Everyone, everyone. Look at this statement. Everyone. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. Yes. Yes, come on. But he said to them, he didn't respond to their urgent attention. But he said to them, let us go to the next 
styles. Thank you, Shei. Thank you, Shei. Thank you, Shei. I'm rise people and rise people in this church. Let us go to the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. So I walk in exclusion to generate power for the next assignment. And once you start giving everybody's attention, you are run dry. And once you are run dry, you can't do the next assignment. Once you can't do the assignment, you cannot be blessed to everyone. Sir, look at yourself. If you have no exclusive moments, times and days, sometimes I just love to drive a love a long distance. I just love it. I am blasting worship. I am hearing the message. I just love to be alone in the office. Love to be alone several times. Somebody who have a good understanding looked at me in the last 15 months. He said, Pastor Paul, he's a pastor friend. He said, ah, you are trying, you know. And a lot of this, you still create time to prepare a message. Have you ever asked yourself, how is Pastor Paul getting messages? Does that make sense to you? All my spiritual sons and daughters. How is he getting messages? How is he always on fire? How is he happening? He went, he said, let's go. He didn't even, Robert, he didn't even respond to them. Train people. Pray the cut of understanding. So they don't make you feel guilty. Christ, just let's go to the next time. Look at the next statement. But he said to them, let's go to, let's go to the next time. That I may preach there also. Then Pastor Tina said, we can go. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. He has gone in exclusion to generate power for the assignment. And so he was not in any way guilty that people were looking for it that he couldn't see that time. His relevance is in having enough power for his assignment. Pay the price of salvation, of consecration, and what? Exclusion. Don't partner, don't be an agent of distraction when somebody is paying an exclusive price for power for, your, for the next level, for the next progress. Next. Progress is next. Movement. Movement for the next. And finally, you pay the price of impartation. Say impartation. impartation. You are not tired of being imparted. Hebrews 7 verse 7. The less is blessed. Of what? Of the better. You keep camping. Impartation is camping around concentrated grace for greater power experience. Now, for example, I see, I've been teaching the world now for the past one hour now. Somebody will be like, I'm tired. That is the problem. There is a realm you are sensed in the world, listening to the world, that you are naturally imparted. Somebody came around Monday and said, ah, these people, they are all doing like you. I was in the place on Monday, and they said, ah, no wonder they can't be around you. It's called impartation. You don't pray to imitate people. When impartation comes, you replicate. You don't, you don't, you don't mimic. You're not a comedian. When impartation comes, you simply replicate. You replicate the hunger, the task, the prosperity, the progress, the success. If you're a member of this church and you are not changing level, something is wrong. You are not being imparted. When you are being imparted, there is a transference of power and grace to change level. Romans 11. One. 
verse 11 to 12. Romans 1, verse 11 to 12. Hear what Apostle Paul says. Romans 1, verse 11 to 12. Hear what he says. He says, for I long to see you. For I long to see you. That I may impart to you, what, Some spiritual gift so that you may be what? So impartation is for establishment. You can be junketing everywhere. You can think you have arrived. You can think of the gift. But you may disappear very soon. Those who are imparted are established. When the word, when you are imparted by the word, then you are established. When God imparts you by the gift of his men sent to your life, your pastor number one, then you are established. Then your progress is evident to all. Evident to all. Hungry, impartation. You are reading books. So what do you do now? You go throughout this week. Hungry to pay the price. Craving for the anointing, for power. Believe in power. Saying, Lord, I will pay the price. You begin to, you know, explore the redemptive power in your salvation. And living a life of consecration. You are not working in bitterness. You are working in love. In purity. In cleanness of hands. You, are not, you don't have any idol that you are worshipping except God. Does that make any sense? Then, exclusion. The next seven days is your fasting days. Fasting. But the prayer team should help us. The next seven days, you are desperate for something to eat you. Pastor Paul, I just finished one. Go again. Go again. Sir, what are you doing with food until level changed? Even me, I came prepared. But there are times I preached, Pastor Robert, I don't want to make it religious. I feel like telling Daniel to give me some designs. Seven days of power. Then later I just change it. And I'm not kind I want to preach to a point that you two can take a decision on your own. That's why we are built disciples. What's the let, let, let's test it. If only one person will leave this after that said in the next seven days, it may not be that you are calling the fasting. We are calling it a power awareness, power awareness week. Power awareness week. That you are not foody this week. Food is not hungry as it were. Hey, am I fasting? You can't tell. Are you not fasting? You can't tell. But you are just in a seven days locked up. Power consciousness. You are hungry. You are thirsty. And you say, you are just lay hand upon the sick. You are, you are just laying on yourself. You lay hand on your business. You speak to your life. You, you are saying, God, let your power make a change. And there shall be changes in the name of Jesus. Rise on your feet. Look up here. I was already paying price for power as a teenager. As what? All our teenagers in the building and in church. There's nothing wrong them. Begin to cry. I mean, crave for power. I was here. Teenagers. Teenagers. My boy has been very strong. And the needful was being done by his, by his mom. Good job. But every time I, you see, about three days ago, I got back home. The temperature was so high. And I felt the love of a, of a father, the love, love of God to me. I said, come and hug me. And the temperature was so hot. Now, in my heart, I was like, I'm taking the temperature. As I was doing that in my heart, 
and began to remember the workings of Christ on the cross of Calvary. He himself took our infirmities and by his stripes we were healed. He took it, I can't see it. So I genuinely prayed, genuinely prayed it. I said, God, take this temperature on this boy, put it on my body. And as the mother persistently doing what she, she should do, taking care of him medically and stuff like that, I always ensure that I'm praying. And the guy, without even being trained to respond, he keeps saying, Amen, 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 Amen. You know what I'm saying this to you? Please, take the same understanding to all areas of your life. Be power activated. Be Christ activated. Be conscious of it. So while you are doing one thing, wisdom at the other side, make sure that you are activating this part. Let me tell you the truth. It is possible for you to try everything and nothing works. So if you give the boy injection and it's now calm, no more temperature, you are, are you think it's injection? Medically, you are right too. But in the real sense of life, you are wrong. Many have taken a thousand injections and nothing changed. Am I communicating? Are we still in church? Yes, oh, we are in the hospital. Are we in church? Are you sure we are in church? You are doing everything you do and your business is progressing. Your boss is lacking you. You think it's like that? So everybody have done more than you and nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. I want somebody to believe God for the awesome works of God this week. And for all of us who are Nigerians, those who are watching online, God bless you, your country to the same grace will be available. Either you like it or not, in the natural, everybody is now realigning this week. Do you have a witness? Don't go this week fighting anybody. Go with the power of God that let all the alignment begin to fail for me. Have I spoken like a Nigerian now? Let what? All the alignment begin to fail for me. Eh? Begin to what? Fear for me. Fear for me. Those who are shouting the cause are already realigning. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, by your power and by your grace, I have an advantage in this new era. Oh, your voice is not loud. I have an advantage in this new era. I have an advantage. I have an advantage. I have an advantage to progress, to succeed. In this new era, lift up your voice and talk to God right now by the power of the Holy Ghost. I have an advantage. I have an advantage. Come on, I have an advantage. I have an advantage. See the way you are praying. I have an advantage. My place, no man shall take. I have an advantage. My paths are clear this week. No blockages, no constraints, no limitations. These are opened up unto me. Alignment and realignment shall fail for me. Righteously. Confidently, 
scripturally and powerfully. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed.